0: Good morning, good morning. If you could uh, go ahead and uh, return to your seats. We're going to get started this morning. And so good morning from uh, Central Hope Church. Uh, We are so glad that all of you could join us this Sabbath day. Uh, Today, we're going to continue in our study of the Gospel of John, and so our text this morning will be in John chapter 12, beginning in verse 12 and continuing into verse 19. Uh, But before we get to our text, let me set the stage for for what's happening uh, here, because John chapter 12, uh, 12 through 19, are on the heels of some very important events, and so if we rewind just a little bit, we see that in John chapter 11, uh, Jesus has performed another sign. Um, and so if you're familiar with the story of Lazarus, uh, Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, who live in, in Bethany, has fallen ill. And Mary and Martha sinned for Jesus uh, because they're aware at this point in time that Jesus has power to heal the sick. And so they send for Jesus. But then something startling happens. Jesus gets news of Lazarus' illness, and then he remains in the same place for two more days. Uh, And then he says that this illness will not result in death. And then after two days, Jesus proceeds to go to Bethany to where Lazarus is. And before he arrives, Lazarus dies. And so naturally, the disciples are confused about what Jesus had said. Moreover, they are sad because, uh, specifically because someone whom they love has now died. And so they say to Jesus, if you had just arrived a little bit sooner, Lazarus would still be alive. Because the disciples at this point believe that Jesus, again, has power to heal the sick. But what they do not believe is that Jesus has power to raise the dead. And so Jesus moved with compassion for Lazarus, Mary, Mary. And Martha goes to the tomb of Lazarus, tells them to roll away the stone, and he calls out to Lazarus and he commands him to come back to life. And then Lazarus proceeds from the tomb, and Jesus orders him to unbind him. And so after this, uh, the season of the Passover is upon the nation of Jerusalem. And uh, just so everybody knows uh, where we are, uh, the the Passover is a celebratory event for Israel to remember the ninth plague of Egypt before their exodus. And the ninth plague of Egypt was the angel of death that would go through the nation of Egypt and kill the firstborn son throughout the land. But for the Israelites, they were commanded... To put lamb's blood over their doorposts so that the angel of death would pass over them. And so this is the season in which we find ourselves in Jerusalem at this time. And so many of the Jews have now gathered in preparation for this feast. And so one of the things we see uh, in John uh, chapter 12 uh, beginning in verse 9 is that there is a large crowd that has gathered uh, to see Jesus. Jesus. And so beginning in verse 9, when the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, so not only on account of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. And so in, in the day and time in which we find ourselves, we tend to call these kinds of events uh, miracles, and, and such they are, giving sight to the blind, speech to the mute, hearing to the deaf, feeding the multitude. We call these things miracles, and again, these things are miracles. However, when we read in various places in the Gospel of John, we see John call these events signs. And the reason for this lies uh, in the reality that John wrote his gospel to a Jewish audience, though he didn't write exclusively to a Jewish, Jewish audience. The signs Jesus performed were prophetic, symbolic signs of the Messiah. And so we see throughout the Gospel of John that Jesus performs these signs as a testament, not only to God's power, but to the reality that Jesus is the promised Messiah. And so again, we see here that in the day of the Passover, a large crowd has gathered because they have heard that Jesus has performed another sign, And not just giving sight to the blind, not just giving hearing to the deaf, not just giving strength to the crippled, Jesus has raised a man from the dead. And so they gather to see Jesus and to see the one whom he has raised from the dead. And so that brings us to our passage uh, this morning. And so beginning in verse 12, the next day the large crowd And so for our discussion this morning, we will focus primarily on the response of the people to Jesus. And so we see that the crowd responds one way to Jesus, and then the Pharisees respond in a much different way to Jesus. And so once more, let us consider the scene. The Jews had been waiting. Right? And so if you're familiar with Israel's history, uh, particularly the, the Old Testament is, is usually simplified into promises made. Right, So in the Old Testament, God makes promises to the nation of Israel to redeem them. And so the people of Israel had been waiting. They had been waiting for this new covenant that was prophesied by the prophet Jeremiah. They had been waiting for their king to arrive onto the scene. And so they had been waiting for their Messiah from the tribe of Judah, the root of King David, the Savior of Israel, to come and deliver them from their bondage. And in their minds, their bondage was to Rome. They had no awareness of their spiritual bondage. And so the prophecy we see fulfilled here is Zechariah 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. Thus, when they hear of Lazarus and see the sign performed by Jesus, they believe that he is he, the one who is promised to come deliver them. And so they rush out to meet him, and they cry with loud voices saying, Hosanna. And so Hosanna is a word that means to express joy, adoration, or praise. And so, dear friends, this is the rightful response to King Jesus and King Jesus Alone to say Hosanna. But how many of us bring forth our palm branches for athletes, shouting in triumphal praise for our favorite team, idolizing athletes for our children to imitate and praise? How many of us bring forth our palm branches for celebrities, declaring our unwavering love for them? How many of us bring forth our palm branches for our Politicians. If you can't say amen, say ouch. <laughs> Ascribing salvation to the right political candidate. Much like the first century Jews, we have declared that salvation must come through the political conquering of our enemies, those whom we deem as our oppressors. Keyboard warriors abound on the right and left, propagating the belief that deliverance will come through the domination of of our opponents. Many in our country, both within the church and without, have ascended to this ideology, seeking to crush Rome, whoever Rome is declared to be. However, Jesus shows us, by his life and his death, a new way to live. Instead of victory through polarizing politics, Jesus brings sinner and Pharisee to the table. Instead of victory through slander, Jesus speaks truth In love. Instead of victory through tearing down, Jesus extends love and grace. Instead of victory through destroying one's enemy, Jesus lays down his life for those who are seeking his destruction. This, dear friends, is the way of Jesus. And so uh, in verse 16, his disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him And had been done to him, and so we see that even though that they believed that Jesus was the Messiah, they still did not fully understand the nature of the Messiah's work. Again, the expectation of the first-century Jew was that the King of Israel was going to come as a political king and deliver them from the nation of Rome in a very similar way as they had been delivered from the nation of Egypt. Their expectation was that the Messiah would come and defeat Rome just as God had defeated Pharaoh back in the Exodus. Verse 17, the crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. And so we see in verse 17 that those who had witnessed and experienced the power of King Jesus continued to bear witness to that reality. Brothers and sisters, are we bearing witness to the one we claim is our king? Or are we seeking, like the Pharisees, to gain and maintain power through devious means? At this time in our text, the Pharisees are losing their cultural dominance. And so instead of submitting to the way of Jesus, they seek instead to kill him. Are you guilty of being more like the Pharisee than the follower of Jesus? seeking instead of extending love and grace to one's enemy, harboring malice against them. Instead of being quick to listen, you're quick to speak. Instead of inviting the enemy to the table, you make sure that you move the chairs. Instead of laying down one's life and sacrificial love for thine enemy, seeking instead rather to silence them. And much like the Pharisees, you declare, see you are gaining nothing through your political power, The whole world has gone after him. And again, whoever him that we declare he is. Brothers and sisters, let us bear witness to the king who is righteous and brings true salvation. Let us follow in the footsteps of our elder brother who laid down his life for his enemies. Let us remember that salvation is not through political power. Salvation is reconciliation to God. When we are tempted to think of the unworthiness of those liberals, let us remember our own unworthiness. When we are tempted to think of the foolishness of our opposition, let us remember that we ourselves can be foolish. When we are tempted to think that our opponents are ruining things, let us remember that we are prone to ruin things as well. Let us remember that Jesus came for the Jew and the Gentile. Let us remember that Jesus came to save the conservative and the liberal. Let us remember that Jesus came for those who have a higher melanin count and those who have less melanin, the Hispanic and the Asian. Let us remember Jesus came for the rich and the poor. Let us remember that Jesus came for the drug addict and the sober. Let us remember that Jesus came for the smart and the not-so-smart. Let us remember that Jesus came for the straight and the gay. Let us remember that Jesus came for his people and they will be redeemed from all walks of life. Let us not be like the Pharisee. Let us not bring forth our palm branches for professional athletes, politicians, or celebrities. Let us bring forth our palm branches uh, and cry out Hosanna to King Jesus. Let us remember the gospel that we have sinned against our holy creator. And because of this reality, we have separated ourselves from him and rightfully deserve the misery that accompanies all of this life and then to suffer eternally in a place called hell. But in spite of what we deserve, God, in mercy, sent his son to die in our place that all those who repent of their sins and place their faith And Jesus will have eternal life. Let us bring forth our palm branches and shout, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Let us bring forth our palm branches to King Jesus and King Jesus alone. Let us remember that even in the midst of celebrating the great nation in which we now live, again, our King is Jesus. Let us remember that instead of worshiping this great nation, let us worship the king who has brought the kingdom of God to us. Let us remember that this country will pass away and the kingdom of heaven lasts eternally. Again, let us keep this in mind as we go about our week, as we read posts, on facebook as we read blogs from the opposition let us remember the way of jesus let us remember that he invites people to the table he does not move the chairs away let us remember that even though it is good uh, for us to to be together let us remember that we are also to be inviting people in that even amongst our own tribes, we are prone to err. Let us remember the way of Jesus. Let us follow in his footsteps. Let us imitate his life and his death. Because again, Jesus laid down his life for those who were seeking to kill him. When Jesus had power to take their life from them, he instead died on the cross for them. Let us follow in the way of Jesus and live lives of sacrificial love. Let us lay down our lives for our enemies. Let us lay down our lives for those people who do not belong to our tribe so that we may win them to Christ. Let us remember the way of Jesus and where true victory comes from. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you for uh, who you are. We give thanks to you that each of us uh, has been blessed to be born in this nation, God. We give thanks to you and we are grateful to you for all the many blessings that are bestowed upon us because of where we live. God, and we give thanks and glory to you for that. But Lord, may we also remember that ultimately our lives are to do your will And not to do the will uh, of any political agenda, not to seek the advancement of your kingdom through political power, but through sacrificial love, through bearing our cross, through imitating Paul as he imitates Christ. Let us be filled with your spirit, O God, for the glory and the praise of your name. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.